1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Percy Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our series on know what you believe. Know what you believe. As believers, all of us uh, must know the essential doctrines of the faith. Doctrine as it relates to God. What is God like? Number one, uh, we already, as believers, we already believe in God and we presume that God is real and he is. Uh, So we already presuppose that God is real. So when we argue for God, we already have in our corner the belief and acceptance that God exists. But there are those who do not believe that God is real, that God is authentic, that God exists. And we've even coined a name for them. Uh, You all say they're called atheists or atheists, meaning no God. But uh, that's their belief. That's their argument. And so as believers, we are not interested in getting into trivial arguments. That's not what we do. But we are commanded in 1 Peter 3.15 that uh, we ought to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts, be always ready to give each man, give each woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us. And how should we do it? Uh, We are told to do it with gentleness as well as Respect so it's very important that all of us as believers, we are able to articulate what the Bible says about God and one thing that we talked about was the Bible itself tells us that if, if an individual rejects God or say there's no God, that they fall in a foolish category. Uh, the fool has said in his heart uh, that there is no God, and the Bible reminds us of that. So, we know that (laughs) there is a God, and Psalms 14 and 1 tells us uh, that the fool has said in his heart that there's no God. So, we talked about that in the last few weeks, the arguments for God. Then, uh, more particular, um, Jesus, the topic of or the doctrine of Jesus is important. This term, this Christological term, uh, when we use the term Christology, we're talking about the study of Christ, Um, When we talk talk about Christ or when we are discussing Christ, it's important that we talk about the Christ that the Bible talks about and not uh, misrepresent who he is. Uh, There are various people that believe that Christ is uh, just a prophet that or Christ is just uh, was just a good man or or Christ was just a lesser God than the father and all of those. Uh, belief systems are incorrect according to scripture. So we must know authentically what the Bible says about God versus what other people are telling us about God. So uh, the first thing about about Christ is we learn in John 14 and 6, he says, I am the way, that's the definite article, the, I am the way, uh, the truth and the life. No one gets to the father, but uh, through Christ. If you come through Christ, you can get to the Father. If you come by Jesus, you can get to heaven. And that's what that scripture is reminding us of. There is an uh, exclusivity about that statement. Uh, you can't get to the Father through humanism. You can't get through the Father by good works. You can't get to the Father through Buddhism. You can't get to the Father uh, through. Um, Ouija and the occult system. You can't get to the father through Mormonism. You can't get to the father through the Quran. So there is a way to get to the father and that's through Jesus Christ. Not through any other means, not through philosophy, nothing wrong with good philosophy, Uh, not through your pedagogy, not through your religiosity, not through your might, not through your education. You can't get to heaven by those means. If you want to get, see the Father, you have to first come by the Son, and that's Jesus Christ. And then we talked about the exclusivity of his work, the atonement, what he did on the cross, his performance on the cross, uh, that he satisfied everything that God wanted him to satisfy on the cross. He died uh, that all may have access to salvation. He, he died for everybody, but everybody will not accept him. Uh, and when he died his his what he did on a cross was a full uh uh fulfillment of God what God needed in terms of requirement to appease uh um his standard so Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that's what we're trying to say and so one of the things we learn about the doctrine of God the doctrine of Christ is it is exclusive you can't get to Jesus by someone else or something else. You, ha- you, you, you have to uh, uh, go through Jesus to get to, the, to God. You got to come through the Son in order to get to God. So, avoid this uh, urging or this propensity to elevate other demigods next to the real God. What am I saying? I'm saying that as God... Jesus Christ cannot be lowered to the standard of the of the things he created. Jesus Christ created um, every founder of of religiosity that you we have in the history books. Jesus Christ created Charles Taze Russell. Jesus Christ created Joseph Smith of Mormonism. Jesus Christ created Muhammad of, of of the Quran. So Jesus Christ created them. So we can't put these people on the same level as Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying, I want to be clear. God created them ontologically, but, uh, God did not support or condone nor promote the theology that they were espousing. Why? Because we learn in John, the first chapter that there's nothing that was made that Jesus wasn't a part of. So, That's how we know that God created all of these people, even though they exercised their will in a sinful way, meaning that they created doctrine that God didn't condone, nor did God support. But ontologically, God created everything and everyone. Uh, But he also gives us the ability to exercise our will. And in many of these religions, they exercise their will by creating false gods. and And that God rejects. God rejects when we misuse or misappropriate our will. So avoid pluralism. Pluralism uh, deals with uh, this belief system that all statements about God is equally valid. All all, uh, teachings about salvation, even though they contradict themselves, are equally valid. And the Bible says that's not true. There is such things as uh, authenticity and falsehood. The Bible is authentic, and anything that goes against it is false. Uh, If we had an episode on the authenticity of the Bible, we can dig more into it. So uh, when it comes to knowing that Jesus is the only way to salvation, we're talking about uh, this rejection of this idea that there's more than one way to God. Uh, Many of you have seen the various uh, cars that have the bumper stickers that may say coexist or tolerance, and each uh, letter represents uh, another religion, and what they 're saying is is um, that all religions are the same, that all religions are equally valid doesn 't matter what you believe and i 'm saying that 's not biblical, and we need to reject such doctrine we need to reject such arguments, so we have to be careful we, we, we have to be true to the Bible and what the Bible is telling us. There is a fidelity that we must hold on to. So there's uh, when they say there's more than one way to God, the answer is no. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the father, but by me. Then if they say all religions are the same, all religions are not the same because they teach different things. So, uh, in Islam, uh, salvation is based on good works. Your good works have to outweigh the bad. Um and you can find that in the Quran, Surah five nine and Surah eight twenty nine, uh where it says salvation is based on good works and, and that's the goal in Islam is that your good works have to outweigh your bad. And then uh for the uh Jewish uh religion, uh Jews espouse or believe that um, in 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 a national salvation. Not a personal one, they view salvation from a group perspective, not on an individual basis. So when the gospel talks about our personal sins, um, they don't see it as such. They see it as as a communal sin as, as a national sin uh as a group sin, a uh, salvation in Jewish. Uh, teaching is based on following the writings of the rabbis based on the Torah. So in short, Jesus has no role in their idea of salvation. Uh, they're still, uh, living under the interpretation of the Torah as, uh, prescribed by the uh, various rabbis. Now, well, let's look at, uh, the Bible being the only, uh, authentic word of God. There are various religious books out there. You know, you got the, uh, Hindu Vedas, you, 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 you've got the book of Mormon and in the book of Mormon, you got the book of Abraham and, um, doctrines of covenants. It's been a while. Um, so some of these names, um, I haven't said it in, in quite a few years, um, the book of Nephi and, and, and so forth. Uh, and so you leave the book of Mormon You go to the Jehovah Witnesses and they have their New World Translation. So with all of these different religious books, what are we supposed to believe? Are they equally valid? And the answer is no. The world is filled with many types of these books. Uh, The Bible is the only accurate word of God. Let us look at uh, some of the reasons why we say this. So the New Testament, the New Testament, um, our New Testament is based on the, our manuscripts. So if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible, it doesn't matter if you have the NIV or the NASB, if you have the KJV or the NKJV, um, doesn't matter which one you have. Uh, before the producers or the uh, uh, the, the company that um, publishes your Bible, before they publish the Bible, they have to decide which group of manuscripts they're going to use. These manuscripts are copies of the original uh, letters that the authors uh, wrote. The original document is called an autograph. And then from the autograph, they make copies. And those copies are called manuscripts. So we have uh, manuscripts. If, if we ever wanted to know what a verse was saying, or if we found new manuscripts and we wanted to verify if it was authentic, we would take it and compare it to thousands and thousands of manuscripts that we have all over the world so we can discern what that verse is actually saying and if it's authentic. So these copies of the original, again, are called manuscripts. So through archaeology, many old writings um, have been discovered throughout the years. Historians can figure out if the writings are true simply by comparing them with other writings uh, that's talking about the same thing. Now, according to historians, the more copies or manuscripts you have, the better chance you have of knowing what the writer was actually saying. The manuscripts serve as human testimonies about an event. So the more you have, they're like eyewitnesses. If, if these manuscripts are legitimate, then they serve as eyewitnesses to the event. They serve as uh, legal records to the event, so using the historical process and standard, we can quickly discover that the New Testament has the most manuscripts of any uh, of any writings in antiquity, and that matters because again, the more manuscripts that you have that are valid, then uh, the more apt uh, that story that they 're talking about um, is, is likely to be true. So it's important. The more manuscripts you have, the more uh, the story can be supported or uh, not supported. But the more you have, the better chance we have to deduce if the statements they are making are true. So, again, in Christianity, our manuscripts are not just found in one place or weren't found in one place. They are found globally. And that's a good thing, because if it was found in one place, then skeptics would accuse us of collusion. But thanks be to God that these manuscripts were found throughout the world. And there are three groupings of manuscripts. And uh, You can write this down if you want or uh, listen to this recording later. But there are three main groupings of manuscripts. Uh, there are those that were found in uh, that are called the Alexandrian manuscripts. And those were found in the area of Egypt. Uh, then you have the Byzantine um, group of manuscripts. Then you have the Western uh, group of manuscripts, and so these are found throughout. The, they were found throughout the world, and um, these writings uh, or copies of the of New Testament can be uh, connected and compared to the other manuscripts. And the, for the most part, they all say the same thing. And if it's if it's not a legitimate manuscript, again, that's the blessing of having the other ones that we know. Are valid, so we can compare compare it uh, to those. So New, the New Testament manuscripts can be trusted. That's that's what we see as Christians. It can be t- uh, trusted because the Bible is often attacked. Right? We talked about God being attacked. We talked about the doctrine of Jesus being attacked. Uh, we talked about um, the, the salvation, the doctrine of salvation being attacked. But the Bible is. Uh, often attacked with a lot of frivolous arguments and frivolous statements, and um, a lot of it is fabricated. So the number of manuscripts supports our Bible. Then the eyewitness testimony supports the Bible. Internally, uh, the Bible tells us that God is the author, right? 2 Timothy 3.16. So uh, God has put his, um, his authorship in the Bible. Then number two, trustworthy people saw Jesus after after the resurrection. First Corinthians fifteen three through six. So you have people that saw the risen Christ. Uh, then number three, the fulfilled prophecies about Jesus um, is evidence that the Bible can be trusted. All those hundreds of years, there were predictions about Christ and he fulfilled them to the T. He fulfilled them to the teeth. Uh, just, I just want to share some of those prophecies. If we look at um Herod killing the children um, when Jesus was born, Jeremiah 31 and 15, which was fulfilled according to Matthew 2, 16 through 18, then it said that um he'll be called Emmanuel, Isaiah 714. And we see that in Matthew 123. And then it says he'll have a ministry in Galilee. Isaiah nine one through two. We see that in Matthew four twelve through sixteen. It says uh, that he would uh, bear the world's sins. Uh, Psalms twenty two and one. We see that in Matthew twenty seven and forty six. It says that he would be rejected by his own people. Isaiah fifty three and three. We see that in John seven five. And then it says he'll be a light to the Gentiles, Isaiah 60 and 3, which is found uh, in Acts 13, 47 through 48. So, again, uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of passages that deals with Jesus being a perfect fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. And these prophecies were given hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And yet he fulfilled them all. Then we have external evidence outside the Bible. We just deal with the internal evidence, those things that were inside the Bible. But even outside the Bible, we have arguments to support our new, uh, our Bible. And one of the most uh, famous one uh, is the biblical archaeological find, the Dead Sea Scrolls. And some of you all are familiar with the uh, term Dead Sea Scrolls. So before the discovery of the scrolls, uh, there were skeptics who questioned some of the claims of the Old, of the Old Testament. Uh, they were written in Hebrew, these Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, Aramaic and as well as Greek, and they're dated from the 3rd century B.C. to the 1st century A.D. So you may be asking, what's the big deal about these Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, if we were to look at uh, Peter Master's uh, writings on the Dead Sea Scrolls, quote, um, he said, thousands of portions of Old Testament books including all except Esther, some written as long ago as 200 B.C., have established the accuracy of the Masoretic Hebrew manuscripts of later centuries. 17 copies of Isaiah were found. A leather scroll, 24 feet long and 10 inches wide, was also found, made from 17 sheets sewn together. Over the centuries, since hardly anything has changed, providing stunning proof of the extraordinary preservation of the Bible. So, um, these um, scrolls were copies of old Testament scripture and they were preserved in the Qumran Valley, uh, by, uh, believers. And so they stored it in these caves. Uh, archeologists believe they stored it, um, expecting an impending war. Uh, so it would be God's word. would be preserved. But, um, because these scrolls were discovered and it's, and it's dated at the time that it, it's been dated um, from third century B.C. to first century A.D., that makes them valuable. And it also means that um, it, the, what we have in the Old Testament was not a later date, but it was it was pretty early and it's consistent with what we already had. So these skeptics that... Uh, laughed at our Bible and laughed at the Old Testament about its legitimacy. Um, they had to deal with it because it substantiated what we as Christians have been talking about all along. And so biblical archaeology is also another uh, area or another field that supports what we believe. In Acts 21, the Apostle Luke details how Paul was almost killed based on a false allegation Uh, He was accused of bringing a Gentile into the temple. Um, And for those of you who who remember your Bible, uh, there were spaces in the temple areas that Gentiles were restricted to. And if you went beyond that area, you could be liable uh, or sentenced to death. So they, they accused Paul of bringing his friend Trophimus, who happened to be a Gentile, past the court of the Gentiles, And in 1871, the actual notice uh, that warned Gentiles about leaving the outer court was found. The Greek inscription on the marble sign read, No Gentile may enter the enclosing screen around the temple. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame um, for their death. So, again, it was backed up in scripture and archaeology found one of these signs that warned the Gentiles from entering uh, in the court where they should not be. Um, we thank you for listening. And just a reminder, we have our apologetics boot camp coming up Saturday, April 30th. Uh, bring your Christian youth sixth grade all the way up to high school. We'll have a class for college students as well as adults. So you can stay and join us and you will not uh, be disappointed. We are looking forward to seeing you. Please sign up yourself as well as your Christian youth um, through www.abcsac.org, www.abcsac.org. We look forward to seeing all of you uh, for the 2022 Apologetics Boot Camp. And as always, we thank you all for your prayers. We thank you all for your support. And if you like to give, we need your support for this Radio station. If Sound Reasoning radio show is a blessing to you, please consider giving. Uh, you can give online at srministries.org, or you can send out your love offering uh, to PO Box 582306, El Grove, California 95758, and you can make it out to Sound Reasoning Ministries. We thank all of you again for what you do, and remember to do for the truth